This is Team Business Podcast. Team Business uncovers the everyday entrepreneurs why, how, and the road to now. With hosts Mike Fusco and Ray Ramirez. Join us to learn how game-changing founders act on their vision and build a team for success. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Ray. Good morning, Ray. How are you today? Good, good, Mike. How about yourself? Very well, thank you. We're back for another episode of the Team Business Podcast. This is Team Business Podcast number three. And we are very excited to have another great entrepreneur with us today in the field of accounting. So a little different than anyone else we've had so far. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, he's a solid guy. He's uh, definitely doing some innovative stuff out there in the market is uh, in the world of accounting. And we'd love to hear what he has to say today. Yeah, I think similar to maybe, you know, some of the older businesses, the older models, uh, accounting is definitely one that I feel like is stuck in the past in a way. Oh, for sure. For sure. There's definitely been a certain model that uh, has been evolved over years and years. And I think he's uh, trying to change that mold. Yeah, absolutely. His team is also, you know, they're a young team. They're an energetic team. And he kind of brings brings all that in. I think when we think of accountants, we might think of kind of older, an older generation of, yeah. of professionals. But uh, Chase being a young guy and a guy that has a young team, has some interesting things going on for sure. What'd you think of that uh, World Series game last night, man? Uh, the the uh, Rays were able to tie it up at one game apiece, huh? Yeah, that was great. I mean, two uh, homers by Brendan Lowe, your your boy there. That's uh, mighty impressive. He a terp. <laughs> Definitely proud of that, right? And the Maryland terp and Brandon Lowe. Hey. First player in MLB history to hit two opposite field home runs in the, in the World Series game. That's right. About time Maryland represented, right? Yeah, especially in, <laughs> in baseball. Ray didn't know that Randy White, the uh, Hall of Fame Dallas Cowboy defensive end, Randy White. Yeah, I did not know that. Was a Maryland Terrapin. Yeah, you're welcome. I know, huh? <laughs> I know. Well, Ray and I are thankful to, to uh, that you're listening here again today. Yeah. And we're really excited for another great episode of the Team Business Podcast. And Ray and I are going to be back here pretty shortly to talk maybe a little more about sports, but also to introduce our guest. We'll be back. Team Business. Ray and I are back with another episode of the Team Business Podcast. Ray, what's up with this MMA fight? I'm not a big MMA guy. I prefer boxing myself, but What's up with this fight this weekend? Uh, big fight. This is the first uh, big headliner. Khabib is actually a champion right now. He's a, a world uh, world champion of the MMA uh, league at the, at this point, and this is his first fight of the year. Uh, oh, wow. 2020, um, defending his title. So uh, it's uh, he's uh, you know Russian descent, and he's going against uh, Gaethje, who's also undefeated, just like Khabib is, and uh, who's American. And uh, yeah, they're fighting this Saturday, so look forward to it. Uh, it should be uh, definitely a slugfest. Uh, conversations that each one of is having, uh, they're out, they're out there ready to tear each other apart. <laughs> Can't wait to see it. Nice man, sounds fun. Yeah. So today, 
we introduced Chase Berkey. Chase is the owner, and he's the founder, and I believe he holds the president of the title of president of Dark Horse CPAs. Dark Horse CPAs is a San Diego-based accounting firm. They're located in Solana Beach, which is a beautiful area of San Diego. And Chase, Chase is a young guy. He's uh, I've been I've had the pleasure of working with him for several years, but he's a guy that brings a, the accounting field to to a new level. Yeah, it's definitely a new generation of accountants out there, um, and basically consultants out there in the market, um, and young, aggressive, and bright. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think his team is the same. I know Ray, you've had you've you've been able to deal with members of his team on a one-on-one basis, and. They seem to be young and energetic also. They they seem to use technology in different ways than uh, other CPA firms do. I, I know his Chase's marketing is definitely uh, more modern and more, I think, a little more new age. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, this next generation of consultants in, in a variety of walks of life, uh, what they're bringing and Chase is uh, definitely bringing the technology piece. Um, quite strong. Uh, he know he's very knowledgeable. His entire team is very knowledgeable, and uh, we're seeing that with many of our clients and uh, businesses out there. That's uh, bringing that new generation and very technology savvy, social media savvy, and it's definitely uh, changing changing the market. Speaking of social media, Chase has his own show, which I've watched many of times. It's pretty cool. Uh, it's called Is it called uh, This Week This Morning? Yeah, this week, this morning. I want to ask him about that and just kind of ask how he, he he thought of that and you know what type of material he wants to bring with that with that show. Perfect. So we'll be back and Chase will be with us. Thanks for joining. Team business. So thank you everyone again for joining us today on our third episode of the Team Business Podcast. Ray and I are honored to be joined by Chase Berkey. Chase is the president and founder of Dark Horse CPAs, located in San Diego, California. Although Chase was telling us that he's working a little more virtually these days, which is something that many people during COVID are doing, aren't they? Yeah, definitely a common thread these days, for sure. So Chase, uh, thanks for joining us, man. And before we get started, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about your background and what you're doing with Dark Horse CPAs. Absolutely. And uh, thanks again for having me. This is, didn't realize this was episode three, so I feel honored to be on the top of that short list. Um, but yeah, so I grew up in uh, Salem, Oregon, uh, which is on more people's radars than it has been in the past uh, because of the wildfires that are going on up there. But uh, I'd also be lying to you if I said I hadn't had to correct people who think that this is the Salem where the witch trials occurred. <laughs> Uh, I hate to break it to any of you that were confused on this point, but the pilgrims were doing their thing long before Lewis and Clark were, uh, fording rivers on the Oregon trail. Um, so in terms of, you know, educational background, uh, moved to San Diego. I went to Point Loma Nazarene, uh, for baseball, declared a, a business major, um, and eventually got coerced into changing my major to accounting after taking a few accounting courses. So it wasn't originally on my radar, but, uh, Realized I had the aptitude for it and just kind of went with it. Um, and then the first job that I took out of college was actually as a financial statement auditor at Deloitte and Touche, which is one of the big four. Uh, to be perfectly honest, the job was not well suited for me. It was not something I enjoyed, but it was something where I was able to, you know, cut my teeth and get a lot of 
super valuable experience that, you know, I carry with me today. Awesome. Great. Awesome. Something that Ray and I were speaking about before you, you joined, you seem, you're obviously young, you're a younger CPA. I think the industry as a whole, the accounting industry, similar to some others is tends to be an older demographic, maybe, you know, people that don't market the same way you do. I know that you do more on social media. Uh, I know you have your own, I think it's a webinar, right? This morning, yeah, do a, this, a this weekly week, video, morning, yeah. a weekly exactly. videos, that kind of stuff. And you have a younger team. You have a younger team. So right. what, what type of things do you think are different about your firm in the way that your, your team is made up and the way that you market your accounting firm and the way that you do business that might be different than the industry in general? And by the way, uh, real fast, uh, can you uh, let us know the name of that, uh, I guess, webcast you do? And yeah, so it's called This Week, This Morning, the this weekly week, video. Uh, we release it Friday mornings. Basically recaps all of the important stuff that happened from a legislative standpoint. So talking a lot about, you know, CARES Act and now, you know, into this next stimulus package that uh, seems to be further and further delayed. And at this point, obviously not going to happen before the November 3rd election. Uh, but, you know, really whatever is current and relevant for both business owners and taxpayers is kind of what we're going over in kind of an abridged, digestible fashion. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, it's awesome. I've seen, I've seen it. Thank you. Uh, so, you know, going back to, I guess, the, the original question, really, you know, taking a, a step back here, you know, one of the things that we did prior to the pandemic that was just not done um, industry-wide and really only done by just a few, you know, handful of firms that realized the opportunity was really going for that online presence, you know, being searchable on Google, you know, having a great website that, you know, was uh, very useful for potential clients to understand what it is you do, what problems you solve, uh, all those sorts of things, you know, for a lot of, you know, the older firms, which are the vast majority of the small firms out there, you know, they just use their website as a business card. Yeah. You know, yeah. Use it for anything that would actually drive business because they, you know, have always existed on referral based business. Right. And then there's other, you know, uh, more sole practitioners or small firms that, you know, get to a size where they're just not really trying to accept new clients. So in a lot of ways, these older firms are in cruise control. You know, they've done things a certain way for, a long period of time and they've made a good living doing it. They're nearing retirement and there's not really a huge impetus for them to, you know, get up and change their business model. Um, and there's a lot fewer, uh, you know, younger generation owners of CPA firms. So there's not a lot in the industry. There are some examples, but not a lot of people pushing that, you know, the envelope to become relevant, you know, for the next 10, 20, 30 years. So for us, it was always important to have that, you know, online presence, you know, reviews being super important, all of the things that, you know, our generation would do to vet a business before reaching out. Um, and so, you know, we were doing that prior to the pandemic and really the pandemic just made that that much more important. I mean, even the firms that really didn't want a whole lot to do with that now are looking at themselves saying, well, we can't meet with people in person the way we used to, uh, you know, the referral activity is slowed you know, maybe we should give this a try, right? And they 
you know, they're doing it because they're kind of in a position where they're being forced into it, uh, you know, and they've got <laughs> a, a lot, uh, a lot of headway to uh, break through because it doesn't happen overnight, as you guys are probably very well aware. It's something that you've got to stick with for the long term. You got to put out the content. I mean, there's just a lot of things that don't happen by flipping a switch or, you know, writing a check. Um, so for us, you know, it's always been important to, you know, be on the forefront of technology as well, you know, because one thing we know about the accounting industry is that technology is going to automate more and more uh, compliance related work, more your backward looking work. Uh, you know, so there's some, you know, pretty real fear out in the industry about, okay, how much of, you know, technology is going to displace what I'm doing, right? How am I going to be relevant 10 years from now, 15 years from now, that sort of thing. And so, you know, our our real, you know, philosophy on all this is that you can't do anything to slow technology down. We all know that. And you can't bury your head in the sand, you know, so you got to embrace it. And really for us, it became about, okay, let's find ways to make technology, you know, improve our work life by doing, you know, and automating the things that we don't like doing anyways, the blocking and tackling, you know, of journal entries and uh, tax prep and those sorts of things, you know, let's get that part automated. Cause that's really, you know, the exciting part of technology is that we no longer have to do all of these things that are just, you know, so mundane. And let's start focusing on more of a forward looking advisory, uh, you know, for our clients, because, that's one of the things that's been sorely lacking, uh, you know, unless you're a big client, you know, at a progressive firm, which is not the norm, uh, you're, a lot of people are just getting, you know, very limited backward looking advice. Uh, I, mean, I can't tell how many people we've spoken to over the years that their CPA, you know, tells them what they owe or what their refund is, asks them to sign and says, see you next year, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. Sounds very familiar. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, and for us, it was just, you know, it was very uh, apparent from the onset that the CPA industry, the accounting industry in a lot of ways is one of the worst customer service industries out there. And if we could just be, you know, good at that, not even great, but just good, we would be that much further, you know, in front of our competition. So really we were just looking at this, you know, this firm, which has evolved in a, a very substantial way, especially over the past year, um, you know, as let's not do, you know, accounting as usual. Let's figure out ways to actually add value to our clients as well as create opportunities for CPAs. Absolutely. And I, you've done a great job at it, man. Thank you. So uh, you mentioned baseball. I know you, <laughs> I know you played baseball in college. Right. I know you're a big San Francisco Giants fan, right? No, 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 no. Wait, what team? Actually, you're not? Wow. No, no. So, I mean, growing up. The oh, North no. Was, Mariners fan. That's right. Yeah. I mean, the Ken yeah, Griffey, yeah. Edgar Martinez, mm, Mike Flowers okay. era, you know, that was my coming of age. So big Mariners fan, you know, as far as the AL. And I've actually really grown to uh, love the Padres as my NLT. Good. So how do you think sports? Because we like to talk about sports on this show. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've had some other our, our guests that joined us before have a background in sports as well. How do you think sports and business relate success in business, success in sports and building your team around what you know from from your growing up around the game and playing at a high level? Right. I, mean, I would say, first of all, you know, team sports is not the only way, but it's one of the best ways to uh, really learn how to be a good team member at a company, you know, how to be a good employee, how to be a good leader. Uh, I mean, you just learn so many things by, you know, all of those years 
you know, being coachable, you know, having opportunities for leadership yourself, you know, learning how to fit in, how to use your strengths, you know, and how to defer your weaknesses to, you know, your teammate strengths. I mean, there's just so many things that you don't even realize you're learning when you're doing it quite honestly. Uh, but when you get into the workplace, a lot of things, you know, are second nature that other people, you know, might have to learn or be more conscious of, you know, cause maybe they were doing, um, you know, the individual sports, which are perfectly fine and, you know, have their, have their place for sure. Uh, but you know, you're just not as dependent on other people for your success, which, you know, is not how the real world typically works. You know, you, you, we're just so interdependent on each other that, you know, it really just goes a long, long way in knowing how to get the best out of your team, um, you know, and how to make your contribution, you know, the most impactful. And like I said, I think a lot of that, you just, you learn almost as a, um, you know, a reflex, uh, so to speak, you know, when you have that team sports background. So, you know, for me, I'm obviously still very interested in sports as a fan, um, you know, so it's, it's something that there's always parallels. And I think there's very strong parallels between, you know, team sports and business. Perfect. Uh, so the question I wanted to ask is, uh, I know we touched on your background, industry, what got, what led you to your current company, but I mean, the question is, at this day, what motivates you at this point? So, you know, as I was mentioning before, we've had a pretty significant uh, evolution of our firm over the last really, you know, 15 to 18 months. Um, and so what motivates me now is different than what it was if you would have asked me this question maybe two years ago. Um, so we've created a business model that allows CPAs to come in uh, and build a book of business, a six-figure book of business in six months. Um, and it allows them to really create their own practice, uh, leverage the resources that we have from a technology, infrastructure, compliance, uh, you know, and staffing standpoint so that they can scale really as much as they want. They can become a part owner of the firm. Um, you know, it, it really creates a lot of opportunities that are difficult to uh, solve for on your own. And I know this because, you know, we had to go through this to get where we are. You know, when you go out on your own, you have maybe a small handful of clients, if you're lucky, uh, you have all of the costs of, you know, the technology, the SaaS platforms, uh, you know, mm -hmm. all of the compliance, just everything that goes into starting mm -hmm. up a business, which I think anyone listening to this podcast would understand. And then you've got to, you know, find ways to source new clients, you know, get those engagement letters signed, do the work, invoice it, collect it. I mean, there's a long road between leaving that job and actually making uh, any sort of substantial living to support, you know, a young family, which for us, we found, you know, a lot of the folks that we're recruiting at the manager and senior manager position, they're in that position where they've got that young family and they've got an entrepreneurial spirit, but you know, from a time and resources perspective, you know, not just financial. I mean, it's, you're kind of an, in an all in sort of thing for years, you know, and a lot of people aren't willing to make that sacrifice with their family, 
However, they have a huge desire still to do this. And so we provide a model that allows them to have the best of both worlds and not have to worry about, you know, all of the branding, the marketing, the technology, you know, the infrastructure, you know, managing staff. It's like, look, we're going to set you up with everything you need. We're going to train you from start to finish. Uh, you know, we're going to send you maybe more leads than you can handle, uh, you know, and you're going to grow your business very fast. It's going to be intense for that six months, you know, while you're in the accelerator program, but you're going to have a foundation that's going to serve you for a long time to come. Brilliant. Wow. So, wow. Sounds familiar. In terms of, yeah. In terms of what gets me motivated, that makes me, I mean, I wake up, I never used to be a morning person, but I now wake up at five in the morning and my entire day is just focused on how, how we make this better, how we attract the right people, you know, how, how we can make our CPAs, you know, uh, earn more money, um, you know, and also, really our model. And I don't want to make this just sound like it's a B2B company because our model has a ton of synergies with, you know, our end consumer. Uh, you know, we're set up in such a way where, you know, clients can work with our CPA for life because we're cloud-based. We're, you know, totally, you know, location agnostic because we can work from wherever. So no matter where that CPA ends up or where the client ends up, you know, they can continue to work together. They're always going to have that CPA as a person they go to, as opposed to a traditional firm where you have a relationship with a partner, but then you get moved down to, you know, a rotating cast of staff, you know, who may or may not know what's going on on your account. I mean, it, we really wanted to build something that had synergies on both sides that served both audiences uh, as, as best as possible. Perfect. Brilliant, man. Appreciate for sharing that. 2020 has been crazy. Crazy, crazy. I know at the big, I know I spoke to you pretty often back in, I think it was March when the, when COVID first came out and uh, I shouldn't say came out. It's not like it came out. Someone <laughs> launched it, but when COVID first hit, <clears throat> you were at the forefront of communicating with your clients, helping them with the PPE programs and the EIDLs. And I think you did a great job communicating all of that. How, tell our audience a little bit about, how the things have changed for the company in turn. I know you guys were set up already to work in remote situations and in communicating. Have you guys put any new programs in place, any new softwares in place to allow you to communicate more on a day-to-day -day basis with people being at different places and to be more on a cohesive level where communication was in place during COVID? Has anything changed in that regard? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I've been asked this question before in one form or another. And what, what's interesting is that for us, the only thing that really changed once, you know, the pandemic started and the lockdown orders and all that came into place was that, you know, Max, my co-founder and Nikki, uh, one yeah. of our team members, uh, used to come over to my house to work on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you know, just for, you know, general camaraderie. And, you know, there's yeah. definitely things you get in that in-person environment, but that was the only thing that changed everything else we were already set up to do because we'd set up our business model that way uh, in the yeah. past. Um, you know, so our tech stack has evolved, you know, and we have heavier use of Microsoft teams and zoom, you know, than we Ooh. had previously. Tell um, me more before keep going, but tell me more about teams at the end. Yeah, so I mean, I might as well just go there now. So uh, <laughs> Teams for us, I mean, it's basically mm -hmm. the Microsoft equivalent of Slack for those right. people 
quite sure. Uh, but it integrates with Office 365. And for us, you know, that's just where all of our communications live because we do a, a morning huddle on Zoom, you know, 15 minutes every morning, um, you know, and then we'll have different sessions, you know, where we check in, uh, you know, via Zoom. But we have a lot of just ongoing dialogue you know, on teams. Right. And, um, it's more than just, you know, document sharing and collaboration. It's for us, it's a way to keep in touch, you know, have conversations that are, you know, really covering anything and everything, um, you know, because you don't have to actually set aside time to do it. You can just send a message here and there. Um, you know, so, there's just a lot of productive conversation that happens there, whether it's just, you know, relationship building or, you know, someone has a question like, you know, I don't have a lot of experience on maybe 1031 exchanges, you know, can I pick someone's brain on this? You know, so there's just a lot of knowledge share and fluid conversation that's happening, you know, throughout the day on there. Um, so yeah, it's been a huge tool for us and, you know, it's something that really is kind of the backbone of our communication. Perfect. Um, the original question though, sorry, I got a little bit sidetracked there. No, no, that's great. I no, mean, was, you were talking about your tech stack. Yeah. Great content. And you know, I, we use Slack and I know that Slack became very popular in the, in the intra office and with Slack, I don't know if teams is the same in that you can integrate other programs and apps into team channels. Is that, can you do the same type of thing? Yes. I mean, our use case, it's, you know, uh, spreadsheets, uh, word docs, uh, those yeah. sorts of things, you yeah. know, where yeah. like I have a dashboard that I update, you know, pretty regularly, almost daily, you know, that's showing, okay, this is how many returns we filed. This is our revenue, you know, kind of our yeah. KPIs and all that sort of things. So people have yeah. access to that in a live fashion. And, and then we can have a dialogue, you know, within the thread about, you know, what's going on. So yeah, for us, I mean, you know, kind of going back to, you know, the original, you know, part of, you know, your, your question and kind of your comment, it, you know, for us, uh, <laughs> you know, the triple P and the EIDL loans, we knew as soon as those things, you know, came out uh, via the FFCRA and the CARES Act that, you know, that was going to be huge because uh, there was, you know, not a lot of subject matter experts out there, right? Because it was brand new legislation, things that had never existed before. And in the case of certain uh, programs like the EIDL, just repurposed SBA loans. Uh, but, you know, no one knew what was going on, right? So there was a huge need uh, for, you know, people to step into the fray and be comfortable with uncertainty because we couldn't tell people from a to z how this is going to work it's like there's x y and z that's yet to be uh you know uh defined and guidance that's yet to come out from the sba or the irs you know about how exactly this is going to work however we've read the law and you know based on what we know of it and what you know is a reasonable expectation and also some of the pressure and some of the conversations that are happening in congress this is what we think is going to happen, you know, so don't take it to the bank yet, but be prepared. This is probably where things are going to go. And in just, you know, in cases where you need to make a decision now before you have the full guidance, you know, I think there's a lot of firms that were probably just hesitant, quite honestly, to yeah. put that sort of advice out there because of the liability yeah. and all that. But we kind of felt, you know, from our standpoint that there was a moral imperative yeah. for us to yeah. give it our best shot, you know, in, in a situation where all of the information isn't, you know, uh, available, you just kind of have to make your best guess, you know, in integrity and go with it, you know? So we, we really put ourselves out on a limb to, you know, um, 
maybe at our own risk to help clients get through these things. Um, you know, and selfishly, we also knew that if we could get our clients this funding, they're more likely to save business and obviously yeah. them staying in business. You know, of keeps course. Them well, yeah. you guys did a great job. Good for all of us. Uh, I know it was ever changing, but I think you were, you were from the beginning pretty, I mean, I think you were accurate on a lot of your, of what you thought the program was going to entail. Right. And it became a certain, there's like a certain cadence where you could kind of just fill in the gaps because of what had not been defined at one point, mm -hmm. and then, but it was clarified later. So you could kind of see where the intent. Of yeah. The yeah, for sure. So, uh, so wanted to ask you if, and also so our viewers could, uh, listen to this as far as what is one major misconception that people have about your industry? You know, the term misconception to me, uh, I don't love the term because to me, I think uh, everything is a perception, you know, and that's based on whatever data and whatever experience a given person has, you know? So I, I tend to, you know, change my focus more from, okay, you know, what don't people know about us to let's just, you know, lead by example, you know, and show them, okay, other firms, you know, are horrible at, you know, communicating, educating you, just explaining your tax return, much less, you know, doing uh, effective tax planning with you. You know, it's instead of, you know, griping about uh, people don't realize, you know, that we do this or that this is in the industry, let's just lead by example, you know, but the misconceptions really are that we're all, uh, <laughs> that we're all introverts um, and that, you know, there's um, only so much you're going to be able to talk with us about, um, you know, it, it's not even really a misconception to be honest though, because there's so many data points where that's accurate. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I might not be the best person to ask this question just because I feel like we've done a lot of what would be considered um, you know, bucking the trend and going against the norms of the industry, um, you know, because we just see an industry that, you know, the technology that supports it is advancing very quickly, but the model that, you know, the business model has really stayed the same since, you know, the early 1900s, you know, no significant changes have occurred, you know, and how, how the firms are structured and how, you know, client service is really delivered. Uh, so for us, you know, we're just trying to put a new brand out on the industry, you know, that's really about value and less about someone who's just trying to, you know, dot your I's and cross your T's. Perfect. Thank you for that. Thanks, Chase. If you weren't in the accounting industry or, you know, running dark horse CPAs or the latest project you talked to us about before, what, what would you be doing? Uh, well, you may find this hard to believe, but <laughs> I honestly think I would you know, put my best effort into becoming a DJ uh, that was a producer of electronic music because that really? all right. Yeah, a passion all of mine, right. something I've never had time to actually devote to. See you at an EDM yeah. show soon here, huh? I mean, if we get past this pandemic, I mean, one of these days, um, I was actually, I went to the Gorge um, last July uh, for the Above and Beyond uh, Group Therapy Weekender, which is essentially a massive, you know, weekend rave at the Gorge up in Washington. Uh, and it was a ton of fun, but it's, you know, you can't do that. 
Yeah, it was great. I mean, you know, it's not everyone's cup of tea, obviously. Yeah. I don't <laughs> really even say that, you know, because not everyone's going to get it, right? It's kind of like yeah. what uh, hippies were back in the day, the generation that was just before that, you know, they're just not going to get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, to me, being at one of those, you know, festivals is almost like being at a, you know, football game where your team's always winning. Right. So it's uh, it's a lot of fun and it's something I'm hopeful that we'll be able to do by. Yeah. I don't think 2021 it's going to happen. I think we're, we're in for the long haul here. It's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, another feel good question here. Uh, what will your life partner or best friend say that's the most or least they would like about you? Mm. <laughs> well, I should probably ask her on this, but I'll put some words <laughs> in my wife's mouth right now uh, and say that on the like side of the coin, uh, probably my drive and sense of humor. Um, on the dislike side of the coin, uh, I'd probably say my tendency to, or at least through her eyes, uh, to underreact to situations. Um, hmm. I would usually just yeah. say that I'm not reacting to the situation, you know, but I'm self-aware <laughs> to understand how that can come across as apathy. Um, you know, I think maybe because of my baseball background where you can't ride the highs and lows if you want to uh, actually be successful because it's a game of failure. Uh, yeah. I think I've learned to, uh, you know, mute my emotions and control my internal state. Uh, but for, you know, a lot of people, I think that comes across as, inaccessible and, and potentially apathetic, but just says what it is. <laughs> yeah. Crazy to think about baseball that if you're a 300 hitter, you failed seven out of 10 times, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. it's, and it's not even just that you can depend on three hits out of 10 and you go through streaks where you have zero hits out of 20 or even yeah. worse. You know, it's like, it is, if there was ever a game, outside of maybe golf, that was really a test of your mental fortitude. It's, it's baseball. This is incredible. Talk about baseball and to wrap up here today with, with our interview with you and thank you so far. You've given great information. Yeah. Who's going to win the world series, man. Uh, I, I mean, I know it's one to one at this point, but I really think the Dodgers are just too deep. Uh, I mean, they've kind of been knocking on the door for years and I yeah. think, Honestly, at this point, they're kind of like, this has to be our year. Uh, you know, they came back from that 3-1 deficit uh, against the Braves, uh, which, you know, goes a long way in momentum. I, I just think they have they have too many guys that are capable. Uh, and, you know, Delvarez are a great team, but I think it's going to be Dodgers in – I think it's going to be Dodgers in seven, actually. I think it'll go to game wow. seven. Wow. Go seven. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're Who pretty evenly matched, yeah. but – who would you like to see win? Um, <laughs> that's kind of hard because I don't love the Dodgers, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I would almost like them to win just because if they don't, then they're going to be that much harder to beat next year because they're going to be that much more hungry and determined, you know? And also, you know, as Padres, you can say you lost to the champ. You know, there's yeah. something. Like that that so. is true. That is true. I think there's a future, man, with the, with the San Diego Padres, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I would not have said that two years ago, uh, or maybe even last year. I, I wasn't seeing the pieces being put together. Uh, but, you know, at this point, 
I mean, it's the pitching staff, right? I'm just going to state the obvious, but um, they're, they're just a couple components away from having something that can compete. It's just the problem for them is going to be, you know, when you face a team like the Dodgers that has yeah, such yeah. a deep pitching staff that, you know, they'll throw four or five guys in a game, you know, and have a situational pitcher for every at bat. I mean, when you can't do that, winning a game or winning a series is just so hard. Who's the best player in baseball? Hmm. Wow. Um, it's a tough one, but there's, there's some real great young guys in the league, man. Yeah, there is. Totally. Um, gosh, put me on the spot here. Um, <laughs> um, man, I'll have to get back to you on that one, honestly. I don't want to give a crappy answer. I know people, you know, in the conversation, they talk about a guy like Mookie Betts. Right. He's you know, an A guy like Mike Trout. Let Pierre from the Yankees. You know who's great, man, is uh, who, Judge? Yeah. Like you him. know who's great is Tatis. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, Tatis, he – the team rides off of whatever he's doing. I mean, yeah. if he's playing well and he's – enthusiastic you know i mean his energy just drives the entire team um you know but at certain times i've seen his body language a little bit uh down and yeah. you can see that the team kind of falls with that um but yeah i mean there's at his best i don't think there's anyone who's more impactful to their team for sure amazing to see that too from a guy who's so young you know right 21 22 yeah yeah and to lead it's incredible but Be chase nice. thank you again yeah. We know that you're a busy guy and uh, we're very thankful for your time. Absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate spent with that. us today. And thank you for having me. This has been great. And again, we'd love to see what you're doing because we know it as a whole, you know, you look at accounting firm websites and normally they're just so bland and so boring and so blue and white. And with you, like you're bringing a new brand and a new. It's refreshing. Yeah. It's refreshing. And uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. Cause We'd love to see it. Yeah, we're we're uh, here to breathe life into the industry one breath at a time. And you're doing it. And you are. Hey, best to you and the rest of 2020 and going forward, man. Thank you. You as well, yeah. guys. Take and, care. Yeah, you take care. On behalf of Ray, I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to watch this episode of the Team Business Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow along on Facebook and other social media sites for the latest episodes of Team Business. Thank you again and have a great one.